from the Franklin House in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. This is the Pick 8 Podcast. My name is Smitty, and today I get to have my friend Tori Babb here with me. Uh, go ahead and just say hi, Tori. Hey, how there. you doing, Matt? Nice there to be here. Go. Yep, it is. So, you know, I have this week off of work, and I have eight of these planned. So uh, it's been fun to get back and doing this, talk to people, um, hear so people's stories. So where am I at in that schedule? Are you midway uh, through my early no, or my late? Seven. I'm number seven. Yep. So one more. One this morning with you, and then this afternoon or this evening, one other. Okay. So getting. So I know you through your wife, Heather. Heather and I are high school uh, classmates. Prom king and queen. We were more accurately. Or this is true. Technically not prom. That's true. We prom is, is not. It's not a word. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's not a word. Never heard it. But I'll I'll let you say like how like how else have we maybe rubbed elbows over the last few years? Well, yeah, initially through my wife Heather, and then our SBA connections, mm-hmm. reunions, small mm-hmm. gatherings. Yep. I guess yeah, the big reunions, the ten. 15, 20, how many? Yep. 25 we just did now? 25. Just did a 25. Month ago. So we have the Couple big months. events there. And then, um, you know, just random chance encounters in Sioux Falls. There is. Both being on the east side. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Heather helped you with your uh, some home projects, yeah. home renovations, living room mostly. Uh, and we've hung out and had, I can, I can remember our time at uh, the Indian restaurant. Yeah. Yep. The other Indian restaurant, there was a, yep. the, in our favorite Indian restaurant, your favorite yep. Indian restaurant, um, Old Chicago. Man, I remember that's going years ago. Yeah, no longer exists. Way back when. Yeah, going to Old Chicago. Yeah, yep. It's great. All the instances. Yes, sir. Yeah. Anything else about yourself that you would want to just kind of uh, let people know? I can't think of anything too exciting. Okay. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Great way to start. I'm so exciting. You're going to want to listen to this. That's right. I'm the most boring person. Okay. <laughs> we can just jump in then. I got 10 questions. They're all over the map. Are they, are they randomly numbered? Or is there a, is there a, is there a sequence there you, we're leading up to the big reveal? Yeah, usually I... just jumping uh, all over the map? It's more of a jump. Okay. I've kind of... I have them. I have the 10. And then as we're talking... I'll kind of like, oh, this might be a good one okay. to ask next. So, yeah. And I've received no advance notice no. of this? No. That's right. Exact We've not I- met before. This was <laughs> yes. not set up ahead of time. I only know Heather. I don't know you. <laughs> right. This magic trick was not staged in any way. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. No animals were harmed. Yep. All right, man. Let's do it. First question. You've run away from home to join the circus. What's your job in the circus? Ooh, boy. What's my job based on what am I qualified for? Or what's my job based on what I want to do? Uh, I'll take it however you want. I'd uh, say want. Okay, but... want, uh, definitely probably the MC. Oh, yeah. I want uh, out front, lights, yeah. tuxedo. I mean, if I'm joining the circus, yeah. I want to be the ultimate showman out there i can't sing i can't dance but i'm not gonna the have poop to shoveler no that's what i would have been qualified to do i would have been the guy behind the lion um trailer yeah. scooping up the lion poop when yeah. they're doing the show yeah that's yeah. what i'm qualified to do but okay. no i i'd, I'd want to be the the mc the guy 
and not necessarily because I want to be the focus of the show, Mm -hmm. but because I want to be there seeing every act of the Mm -hmm. show. I want to see them and know them and introduce them and be right there Mm -hmm. to not only see the spectacle, but see the the looks on the faces and the people who are watching the spectacle. Yeah, right. So Of both the performers and the audience. Yeah, both the performer and the audience. Yeah, so that's me. Uh, I'm, uh, what's Wolverine's name? Who's who's, who's the greatest showman? Uh, Why can't I think of it? I'm totally drawn a blank, too. I can see him. Right. Uh, Hugh. Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Boom. Yeah, because there's a difference between a huge yak man (laughs) and Hugh Jackman. That sounds like there's something there. Yeah. So this isn't a huge yak man. This is Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Um, So that's me, greatest showman. Boom, right there. When's the last time you were at a circus? Uh, Actually, I saw a couple different circuses this past winter when we were in Florida. Oh, sure. They're... So I guess Ringling Brothers yeah. is based or was founded okay. um, south of Tampa. Okay. And so not only do they have the big circus that comes to Tampa at the big arena, but they have kind of in Sarasota um, a big top tent. Okay. And there's almost a revolving circus. That's always there. The tent yeah, is Yeah, just... the tent is always oh, there. And so different circus acts will come sure. in. And, you know, different traveling acts will come in and do... Yep their event for a month yep um and then there's actually another place in bradenton where there is a traveling big tent okay where so i think this past winter we saw three different circuses okay what's, what's the plural of circus circai we saw circuses circuses yeah which is close to an, another circus <laughs> not a good word but so we we saw we witnessed, we attended, I believe, three different ones. Oh, weird. Uh, and so we got to see some of the different acts that have been on America's Got Talent. Okay. Which is pretty cool. That is and, cool. And um, just lots of uh, interesting stuff. Yeah. So it, it is a lot of fun. And it's just, it's neat because there's multiple different acts that travel mm-hmm. and come through. Right. So. Yeah, I guess I never thought about like like the people that are on America's Got Talent. What do they do outside right. of this TV show? They pretty much travel to different circuses. Sure. Yeah. yeah, right. They're part of a touring act, and you know yeah. that one act may uh, probably no different than a musician. Is mm-hmm. there's a promoter mm-hmm. who's putting on an event. Mm-hmm. They recruit the talent. They mm-hmm. put the pieces of the puzzle in place. You're the opening guy. You're low on the totem pole. You're a featured act. You're going to finish off the evening. Yeah. You're a big money shot. Yeah, and they put it together. And I have a feeling that you know it's just like the musical act. They yeah, travel, sure. they tour sure. for 10 weeks and they go home for two weeks. I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. But this is kind of nice because they can do, you know, basically six shows a week at the same location yeah. for four weeks, you know, have their RV there, be with their family, do whatever, and then go home. And a little bit less set up and tear down. Yeah. 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 Just show up and do your thing. Huh. That's cool. Yeah. So when you come visit us in Florida, yeah. we'll right. go to the circus. Yeah. I'm in. We'll go to the big top. Yeah. Is that what it's called? The big top? No. That's uh, just the generic term. That's just the generic okay. term, the yeah. big top. There is, I don't know if it's actually called Circus Sarasota. Um, the main one, you know, the name changes based on which act is coming in. Totally. You know, I know one right. was, it was like a fancy Italian name and it was called the Water Circus. One is called, oh. you know, Circus Sarasota. Yeah. The Ringling Brothers comes into Tampa and they're yeah. in the big arena. So there's multiple, whatever that. Yeah. Tour wants to call themselves. Right. I'm in. 
but way more circus activity than we get in uh, the totally. Midwest. Right. You know, where we get with the El Riot. Probably has to do with the season. Yeah. Like, it'd be hard to do that in the winter here. Right. And so. that's what's great about winters in Florida. Is <laughs> there's just, there's still stuff to do that's every weekend. That's not winter. <laughs> that's not winter. You can actually live yeah. and not freeze to death. Right. Yeah. Number two. So I know that you and Heather have traveled a fair amount. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, what would you say is the weirdest or most unusual place that you visited? Either vacation or if it was for weirdest other or reasons. Unusual place. Weirdest or unusual? Well, to to one degree, I would say the one place we've been that really stands out is Pakistan. And I don't know how much of a Pakistani audience you have. <laughs> Um, but the reason I would say it stands out is almost all of them can stand out. If you say what stands out about this place, I could identify what stands out about that place. But I come back to Pakistan often because it is the one place we've been to where most of the times when Americans travel, Mm -hmm. we're either traveling for good, we're helping someone with missionary work Mm -hmm. or humanitarian aid, Mm -hmm. or we're traveling for tourism. Mm -hmm. So we as Americans are bringing something to someone else. Sure. Pakistan was probably the one place where mm-hmm. they didn't want our help as, yeah. a, as a broad stroke. Yeah, now, yeah, obviously, yeah. there are pockets of people who welcomed us and they were beautiful people and we saw great places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But overall. The overall vibe. The overall yeah. vibe. Don't want us there. Don't want our help. Don't want our money. Yeah. Might want us dead. Yeah. To a certain degree. Sure. So it was a completely different vibe Mm -hmm. in the broad strokes range going into the market. Mm -hmm. Overarching, we were not looked at with welcoming eyes or welcoming, you know, much of all. Yeah. Any other Um, open market, like you are swarmed. Right. More or less. Yeah. And so it was very, uh, it was uncomfortable to say the least. It was probably the, the one time... That we've traveled where at the hotel, they said, hey, everyone needs to go back into their rooms. We've had some suspicious people, mm-hmm. you know, stay in your room for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, so very uneasy mm-hmm. um, being in Pakistan. Like I said, I, I, I'm not going to label every person no. there, but as a whole, their culture didn't really want us Americans there. Yeah. If you were to guess, is it more because wars we've been involved in the area or is it more a religious i think it was more of a religious thing um you know they obviously if they see americans there they probably know we're there for religious things sure so their culture and their religion doesn't want us there doesn't want us proselytizing doesn't want us um even helping them Mm -hmm. Um, so that's that was our feel and since we were there specifically for crusades and festival and evangelism it was even more uncomfortable because not only did we feel their eyes but their eyes were accurate they knew why we were there sure they had um stereotyped us quite well yeah and uh so it was a very different type of feel everywhere we were yeah that's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. It was probably the, the one place, you know, we always we have the joke that, you know, if you want to make God laugh, tell him what your plans are, <laughs> or if you, you know, tell God where you will or won't go. So it's always one place to say, 
we would certainly go back if and when we are called, but it's not probably not the first place we would choose to go yeah. Um, yeah. for that reason, because there were other things. Now, if I got a call from the group saying, hey, we're doing a festival next week. Do you want to go? Yep, <laughs> we'll in. go. Yep. But if you gave me a list of the places, uh-huh. you know, where uh-huh. you have a free ticket anywhere, probably wouldn't yeah. book there immediately. Yeah, that's great, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I've ever been in a scenario like that. I don't think I have. No, yeah. it's, I mean, it, it, by and far was the first and only place where yeah. we felt that uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And we've been to some other, you know, areas that are not white mm-hmm. evangelical Americans. Yeah. Um, yeah. And didn't feel that like sure. we did in Pakistan. Yep. And then the, the dichotomy of flying from Pakistan, one of the poorer countries in the world, to on the way back, we stopped in Dubai, <laughs> one of the wealthiest. Yeah. So just- Luxury everywhere. It was crazy to leave Pakistan, land in Dubai, and just go from desolation to opulence and yeah. just the uh, the amount of wealth and- shiny new buildings and everything yeah that we got to see in dubai right and then come back to the states it's a middle ground between the two yep and often you know when we come back to the states from wherever normally most mission work is in less fortunate places Mm -hmm. you do come back and you think Mm -hmm. i I can't believe i'm spending money to fertilize the grass i can't believe i'm buying bird seed for outside when you were just in a country where dad is crazy because they don't have money for their own food. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here we are, you know, spending money so the grass is green mm-hmm. and the birds can have food. <laughs> How have you processed that? Um, usually the, sure it's not easy, the but... longer we're away, the longer it takes to process it. Yeah. Um, and the longer it takes. And, you know, I will say that as I've gotten older, um, I think I've matured. When we were young and we would spend some time away, mm-hmm. um, I actually remember like being at Best Buy mm-hmm. and actually like being more than annoyed, but like being very bitter and angry seeing sure. people buy big screens. Sure. Because I was just in a place where, you know, the average person makes less money in a year than they're spending on the big screen. Uh-huh. And it was difficult. And it took me a while to realize that, you know, those people aren't in the situation. And I mm-hmm. believe that God blesses people with where they are. Mm-hmm. And while people in another country like Haiti may not have money to spend on big screens, right. you know, to a certain degree, there is contentment with, with what you have mm-hmm. in other countries. Right. And sometimes we think, well... You know, I, I can't believe all my friends have a 65-inch TV, and I, I feel what, ashamed. there isn't I, one right behind me. I, right. don't know, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I only have a 42-inch, <laughs> so I must be poor. And so we are always wanting bigger, better. And the incomes level are different. You know, mm-hmm. we have that luxury. Uh, and in other countries, they may not have those things, but they're also not necessarily tempted with all those things. It's mm-hmm. not part of their, you know, they literally wake up and, you know, give us our daily bread. They're thinking, well, what am I going to eat today? Yeah. Whereas Americans are like, hey, you want to go out to dinner next weekend? You know, make yeah. a reservation. Right. They're focused on their daily thing. And I, I remember one time being 
uh, serving in in Haiti and American group, a youth group came and one of the very well-intentioned young ladies, usually are very well-intentioned young ladies. She kind of gave her little five minute devotional to the youth group kids, the locals. What she said was, you know, to summarize, she basically said, it's amazing that we have everything in America and we're not happy and you have nothing and you are happy. Right. Again, very well-intentioned. She wasn't trying to insult them. But I remember sitting there thinking, they don't think they have nothing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They think I have a blanket to sleep on. And I have mangoes in the trees. I have an ocean to bathe in. I have a school to walk to. They don't know they have nothing. And you just basically said, you have nothing. And it's only until we think that the American way is the only way. Where if the American way is the standard of having stuff mm-hmm. well yeah then you view people who don't have stuff mm-hmm. as being less fortunate mm-hmm. maybe having stuff isn't necessarily the way and the answer yeah i say that and then you come into my office and you see all my stuff yeah <laughs> so, so clearly i don't have it figured out but <laughs> um you know there is that strange reality of complete yeah. opposites yeah i don't remember where i traveled i think mexico and then coming back, like the little thing that I couldn't get out of my head was like, I have, and this is when I'm younger and probably a little less wise, but like I have 10 pairs of jeans. I have to get rid of, I have to get rid of at least seven pairs of jeans because I've just hung right. out with these kids that didn't have pants, Yeah, you know? And uh, in hindsight, I don't think I actually had to get rid of right. seven pairs of jeans, but maybe. But we feel yeah. w- when we... S- when we see others we perceive as less fortunate, hopefully it allows us to understand our blessing and how fortunate we are. Totally. That we do have a closet full of clothes when right. most of the world does not. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully that allows us to mature. And then maybe, you know, it, maybe instead of buying our 12th pair of jeans, mm-hmm. we donate to mm-hmm. someone less fortunate so they can buy their first or second pair. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't think we are all called to live a sterile life. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're not called to be, I don't know, the just completely give up every yeah. belonging. Kind of some of the ancient monk right. directives that they took. Yeah. 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 I don't believe the blessings. I believe the blessings that we have our blessings mm-hmm. and we are fortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully it allows us to continue to be gracious and giving mm-hmm. to others mm-hmm. and not just selfish and always wanting more, more, more. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I do think it's okay to do things that bring yourself joy as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's great. Oh, three. That was only the second question. Was only the second question. Let's go. Yeah. You're given the chance to do something that you recently forgot to do. So is there something that you've recently Drop the ball on, forgot to do. You're given this chance to go back and fix that. Is there anything that comes to mind? Well, the reality of it is in my daily life, every day is a is a juggling of okay. what important things are now important and urgent. Okay. You know, there's those four quadrants of not urgent, not important, yep. urgent, but not important. Mm-hmm. Important, you know, which one to cover? But not urgent. Important, but not urgent. And then urgent and important. Yeah. And, you know, my life is pretty much a daily struggle of always being in that quadrant of okay. what's urgent and important today. Uh-huh. So every day there are things that I didn't get to. 
Um, okay. And I can't necessarily think of what I forgot as okay. much as it's a matter of a more of a choice of moving. Yeah, moving things down the list yeah. of okay, this I need to get to today. This I need to get to yeah uh, today because something else. You know what I thought was urgent today, all of a sudden something else comes up. And I'm like, well, it's less urgent, so it gets bumped down. Okay, always a matter of lining up what is important and urgent. Okay, um, you know of of the day. Um, so I don't really, and and I'm pretty good about. I have lots of notes. I have Google Notes. Okay. And so I have lists upon lists of the little tasks. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those tasks get moved farther away. Sometimes they get they moved up quite a bit. But now if my wife was here, she would probably definitely say, oh, yeah, there's something that I forgot to do. But most of my to-do list gets written down somewhere. Okay. You know, so if I say I'll do it, I'll get to it. You don't have to remind me every six months. It's, okay. It's still on the, it's okay. still on the list. So you're fairly organized. I believe I am. I try to be. Yeah. Um, You know, part of my anxiety is having so many things that go through my mind. So I try writing things down, putting things in my notes because it allows me to compartmentalize a little bit by saying, okay, I don't have to try to think of everything today because it's written down. So Mm -hmm. I just have to go back to the notes and figure out, okay, what's important today. Okay. But, you know, if it's um, calling in locates for the next project that we're doing. Right. Yeah. Something that, oh, uh, my crew went quicker the last yeah. couple of days. And so now all of a sudden we want to get to a project on Friday that I didn't think we'd get to till next week, mm-hmm. but uh, we don't have the utilities located. Right. I need to get to that. Quick, describe what you're, what you're managing. What's this crew that so, you're talking uh, about? We build decks and fences. Okay. And I have a crew of guys that, you know, are out on a daily basis okay. building stuff. Yep. And every project, you know, we have a permit that needs to get mm-hmm. filed with the city that needs to get applied for. In order to get a permit, we have to have drawings, we have to have plans, mm-hmm. and then you have to call ahead of time to get utilities, underground utilities located mm-hmm. if you're going to be digging holes. So, you know, it, it happens where all of a sudden we're moving through the schedule quicker. Yeah. And, oh, let's go start this project tomorrow. Oh, wait, we can't. We haven't had utilities located. We don't have the permit to mm-hmm. do so. And, you know, there are probably plenty of people who don't call in locates or mm-hmm. don't deal with permits, but we're, you know, licensed and bonded and insured with the city. Mm-hmm. So I like to make sure we're following the regulations. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be viewed as one of the bad guys by the city. Mm-hmm. I want them to know that I'm a cooperative participant. That's yeah. right. You know, they give me the benefit of the doubt. We're trying to do everything as best as we can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in, in your day, all your planning, organizing, what are the tasks that are like five minutes or less tasks rather than, so I'm assuming a drawing for a build is going to take longer than five minutes. Um, a drawing for a deck. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, longer than five minutes. Yeah. Drawing for a fence. No, five minutes sure. or less. Okay. Um, you know, ordering the underground utilities being located. That's a quick task. Okay. Sending in for the permit, generally a quick task, doing a fence drawing, quick task. Yeah. But, the crazy thing is when you tackle a lot of quick tasks on top of each other, they're still, if sure. I'm faced with 12 quick tasks, okay. all of a sudden, all 12 of those five minute things at sure, the same sure. time becomes overwhelming. Oh yeah. It's almost like, you know, you ever had, you get a text from a friend yep. and you're like, I'll reply to this later. And then you get another text and you get another text and it gets buried and buried. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then you realize it's been three weeks. You never replied <laughs> to the text and you're like, Literally, it took 30 seconds to reply to the text. 
but, but it took me three weeks to do it because it gets buried. So that, yeah. you know, managing chaos is, is often, right. you know, what we do. And what I didn't realize, you know, I remember being a, a homeowner yeah. and waiting on contractors yeah. and being like, I don't, why can't they just show up? Right. Why can't they just come back? It's what is going hard. on? Yeah. I don't, I don't understand. And then you become a contractor and you realize how one little variable, one little ripple affects so many other things. Sure. You're on the job site and the customer has one small request. Mm-hmm. And I don't want the customer to feel bad mm-hmm. because they're paying a lot of money for mm-hmm. this, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I want them to feel like, absolutely, if you want us to do this, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to guilt them. Mm-hmm. But that small request might change a half day. Mm-hmm. Well, now that half day changes where my crew goes. Mm-hmm. Do they work late? Do they work early? That could then change what we had the next day. Because what if the day after that, I told the customer that we absolutely will show up on this day. But yeah. now because this day took a half day here. Yeah. And so, so often. So it's a domino effect. It is. It's a domino effect. And it's hard. You know, you sometimes want to explain to people but you realize that they're just not going to get it anyway Mm -hmm. because it almost seems too unreal Mm -hmm. how one little thing Mm -hmm. can mess up a schedule. Sure. Um, But it happens quite a bit. And, you know, I just tell customers, I'm like, look, we want your project done just as much as you do because we want to get paid. Yeah. Especially when it comes to fences. I mean, we sometimes are booked. Well, you know, the fence we did today that they'll finish today was booked probably in March. Mm -hmm. So... Again, because of our climate here. Yeah, because of our climate Limited time. Limited time. And the fence project takes one day. Mm -hmm. And I can imagine the customer thinking, I had to wait how many months? And Mm -hmm. it took you one day. I'm like, yeah, but we had 56 other Mm -hmm. one-day projects, two-day, four-day. Some fences take three weeks. Some Mm -hmm. take an afternoon. Right. We had so many in in front of them. So um, the key to those five-minute projects is just trying to plan ahead so that I'm not scrambling. But, you know, my, uh, you know, where we're at is I'm pretty much on site normally during the day working. And I come home when I get home at four or five, I'm in the office till eight or nine until literally, you know, Heather's like, we come downstairs. Hello. We stop working. I'm like, okay, yeah. Do I have a husband? Right. You know, give me another 15 minutes, another five minutes. And and sometimes it's hard because customers have sent in deposits. Customers are counting on us to get their projects done. And I take that importantly, but I also have a family and, you know, want to get stuff. But my wife is very understanding. Cool. Um, She understands you got to make hay while the sun shines. Yeah. There's a, there's a time for work sure. and we get plenty of time to, to do fun stuff yeah. and to, you know, enjoy things as well. Right. You talk about going home. Is there like a five minute task that you're in charge of at home? That's not work or easy task. Well, Maybe not five minutes. I, you know, I generally am the cook of the family. Okay. Okay. So I like to cook. And so if we're having, you know, but we don't have your typical family meals every day. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like we're all eating whenever. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if we're having a a larger meal or something being grilled, generally it's going to be me who's cooking, uh, which I'm okay with. I've had some Um, of that. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I, I love uh, I love smoking up the Traeger and, uh, and and cooking stuff. I love entertaining, yeah. feeding people. Yeah. So, you know, that would be one thing. You know, if there's a spider, generally that's going to fall <laughs> to my... Sh- that's what I'm after. You know, that kind of she's, stuff. Uh, Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. 
See, you know, my my wife can do CrossFit and lift crazy weights, but you know she can't step on a spider. Yeah. You know that freaks her out. Yeah, that's perfect. Come on, Heather. <laughs> I know, like you're just a spider. And yeah. you know the crazy thing is, after we lived in Haiti, being in Haiti and seeing the spiders down there, you know, I remember playing with a tarantula. Now I see, I don't even grab a clamp; I just smack it. It's like okay, wipe it off. It's, it's no big deal. In, uh, in Haiti, you know yeah. when they have the tarantulas, they're as big as your hand. Yeah. But the thing is, they move really slow. Sure. So they actually, you're less scared of the tarantulas. I agree. And more scared of the tiny spider that moves so fast. You're like, where did it go? Right. Yeah. Is it under my pillow? Is it under my bed? Where is it? Gonna, you know. Is it uh, in I remember, my brain right now? Right. I remember seeing a tarantula and it would crawl across the concrete and it would stop as soon as it got into the shade. Yeah. And so I'd, I'd grab its leg and I'd pull it back to the sun and it would crawl <laughs> back into the shade. I'd pull back into the sun. Yeah. Uh, that didn't bother me. The little fast spiders that you don't know where they went or the yeah. cockroaches. Yeah. Those are ick. Yes, I agree. Since you brought up your wife, next question. How do you communicate to your to Heather that she's special? How do I communicate to her that she's special? Uh, well, I would say on occasion, I do try to get her flowers. Okay. I would say one of the, the best pieces of advice I could give someone is to get a Costco membership. Yeah. If nothing else for the flowers, for the money oh, you really? save on flowers. Yep. Okay. I would not um, have guessed that. Yeah. The, the, I mean, obviously Costco <clears throat> has everything. But. They have everything and their flower prices alone, just getting those flowers from Costco would make it worth yeah. it. And to show your wife that she's special. I would say, I think she knows how hard I work mm -hmm. to try to provide. Okay. Because we haven't always had, you know, not that we have access, but we've um, we've lived on some pretty tight budgets before mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. to where, you know, she's literally, the credit card's being declined for milk. And yeah. she's calling me and I'm like, did you try this card? Did you try this card? Yeah. Hold on. Did you, you know, look in the couch cushion? For right. Um, so I, I think she feels appreciated because she knows how hard I work to try to uh, make sure we have the things that we sure. that we like. I think uh, getting her flowers every so often, yeah. cooking the meals, yep. little things like that. Oh, that's like definitely that, a gift, man. Um, would help her you know, feel those little things. Okay. Yeah, I tell her she's smoking hot all the time sure. and how much I love her. Yep. I tell her how shallow of a human being I am. That she's, you know, <laughs> so good looking and I'm fortunate about that. Yeah. No, that's great. Like there are some things that work in everyone, but there's also ones that are like specific to that right. couple, you know? So Yeah. Yeah. I do think that's, you know, important thing. And I, I think probably anyone who's honest would say they probably fall short in sure telling or showing their significant other, yep. you know, how important or how valuable they are. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I think we're, we're both pretty good about, you know, just, it, it's not necessarily the grand gestures mm -hmm. as, as much as it is just the little things of watching TV together and, mm -hmm. um, having those small moments. Mm -hmm. But, um, we do, you know, she understands my schedule. She understands how my brain works. And then, you know, we we work hard and then we'll take time to to go on a trip or, mm -hmm. you know, to have that quiet time or, you know, together time to do the, the moments. Mm -hmm. uh, we've been very fortunate that in our 22 years of marriage, every year that we've been together, we've left the country. Cool. We've traveled somewhere, whether it was mission work or living somewhere or, yep. uh, you know, vacations. And even in, in COVID, now we cheated a little bit during COVID. Um, a lot of people did. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't necessarily 
travel to another country but what we did is we went deep sea fishing in florida okay and we just asked the captain to make sure he took us past 12 miles okay because once you're past 12 you're miles international. international waters cool so technically even in the covid year we still left the united states yeah well um, done man yeah so we've kind of got that string going that we we enjoy traveling we've been fortunate to travel to a lot of different countries yeah whether it be you know just for enjoyment or whether it be part of a, a mission team or mission work as right. well. I like it. Um, I haven't really dived into your growing up side of, of you. So here's one yeah. that will, that will be a jumping off point. For okay. That. Wondering if you have any story you can share about a particular teacher you had, I'll say if you can go back to middle school, that'd be great. But if you go high school, that's fine. A particular story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, uh, and where, tell me where we're at. So yeah. uh, in middle school, I went to Patrick Henry. Oh, you did? Yep. Okay. And I was a little, was a little bit of a rambunctious child. Um, am a rambunctious person. Had an attitude. Am a rambunctious have child. Have an attitude. Ad, currently have an attitude. <laughs> and so I, you know, smart Alec, yeah. uh, someone who always had wanted to have the last word. And I remember an, a, an incident in Patrick Henry in the lunchroom. For some reason, I really like pickles. Okay. 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 And it was one of those days when in the lunchroom they were serving hamburgers. Yeah. And every hamburger they would automatically give you two pickles on the side. Yeah. A lot of people don't like pickles. For yeah. some reason, I love those pickle spears. So we're sitting at the table and everyone knew I, I liked the pickles. So a lot of people who didn't like the pickles would just give me all their pickles. Yeah. So, and I actually enjoy it. So my hamburger, you know, you can cafeteria Patrick Henry hamburger. Yeah. But I had probably a stack of pickles that was twice as big as a hamburger I'm patty. sure. I wasn't trying to make a scene or do anything crazy, but I was just eating this hamburger with loads of pickles and people around me were kind of making a commotion like I was trying to act up. And I was like, I just like the pickles, you know, okay. and I'm, I probably was playing it up a little bit sure. because all of a sudden there's... You know, you have people an are interested. I have an yeah. audience. They're yeah. interested. Totally. You put on it. I just like the pickles, but I guess they're watching. I'll animate a little bit more. One of the teachers, I do, I don't, I don't know if I should say her name, but uh, she was a math teacher. Sure. She, she saw this going on and she's like, Mr. Bab, moment, yeah. please. And I said, whatever you have to say to me, you can say in front of all of okay. my friends. It's a little ballsy. A little ballsy. She did not like that. Yeah. She's like. Mr. Bab, now. And I start saying, whatever you have to say to me. And I did not finish the sentence before she grabbed my arm, uh -huh. drug me off the cafeteria table, table yep. literally pulled me sliding across the floor <laughs> out to the cafeteria, to the hallway, and sent me down to the principal's office. Good. Nowadays, I don't know if teachers could do that. We, right. we were, you know, we went to school in the good old days when they could do that. Because like, they was, probably should be able to. Still they do should that. be able to do that yeah. because I was the type of kid who deserved that. And um, yeah, she did. Uh, she did not like this. So that was a very vivid Patrick Henry uh, memory the, of Miss 
for dragging me out of the lunchroom mm-hmm. across the floor out into the hallway yep. because I said, whatever you have to say to me, you can say, and I don't, I don't, to this day, I don't know what she was going to tell me, but she probably was just going to say, stop being so obnoxious. So or did you like just that. have to sit in the principal's office and, uh, and that I, was it? I think that day I may have actually had to sit in, in school suspension sure. for the rest of the day. For pickles. Um, well, yeah, for <laughs> less of the pickle offense and more of the disrespect respecting yeah, sure, sure. Uh, authority sure. offense. I was only in ISS, I believe, twice in my middle school. Once was, mm-hmm. you know, the pickle, yeah. the pickle incident. And another time was, uh, you know, there was some retractable walls oh, in yeah. an area. Yep. And they would have like this plastic cord that would come, when they're closed, the plastic cord would go around them and snap oh, to, to keep, keep them closed. Mm-hmm. But when they're open, that plastic cord was hanging down. And I remember... I was holding on to the plastic cord, and as I started walking, I just tossed it behind me. Yep. Not trying to be malicious in any way, just tossing it you behind me. I hit someone. Mm. Hit someone in the face. Yeah. Um, they thought I I was being malicious. Sure. I swear I wasn't. Um, didn't even know there was someone behind me. Yeah. So they went, and you know they were you know young female student was very upset. Uh-huh. Thought this boy was being a jerk. Uh-huh. So uh, they sent me down there, and I mean I couldn't defend myself i did it Uh, and they sent me and put me in iss for the rest of the day yeah so so if middle school was patrick henry what was elementary elementary i went to longfellow longfellow where's that one uh longfellow Longfellow. by mckinnon park oh okay now it's not a school anymore uh the building is still there i I don't know what they've turned it into i can't remember but is it on like by about 20th this is a few blocks yeah north of mckinnon park yeah yeah i went there Fourth, fifth, sixth grade. Like somewhere around like First Avenue? Yeah. Ish? Something like that. Okay. Yeah. I can show it to you on a map. I just can't <laughs> give sure. you directions. Yeah. So uh, that Patrick Henry and then high school, what was? High school was Lincoln. Lincoln. Okay. That's what oh. I was going to guess. Gotcha. Do you keep in touch with any of your Lincoln people? Um, Since I've kept in touch with Heather and no, different, I mean, different scenario. So, but. you know, in high school, I really did not fit in uh, well in high school. Okay. Uh, I was a hockey player. Okay. And back when I was in high school, hockey was not a cool sport at oh, all. Right. It was, people are like losers play hockey. Sure. Um, in my graduating class of 452 people, I was the one kid who played hockey. Oh, wow. In fact, the year below me, the junior class, yep. nobody played hockey. Okay. The sophomore class, like two or three people. That's an outlier. So, yeah. yeah. You know, it was frowned upon. Now, besides that, so most of my friends were from the hockey team. Sure. Who went to different schools. Sure. You know, I've stayed in contact with some of those. You know, I did have one, um, you know, pretty good friend in high school that I'm still in contact with. Yeah. But really, you know, in high school, played hockey, which put me on the outside. I didn't play any school sports. Yeah. I had long hair, so I kind of looked like a burnout, but mm-hmm. I wasn't a burnout. I've never mm-hmm. smoked a cigarette in my life. Mm-hmm. I really didn't party or drink. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was actually a really good student, mm-hmm. you know? So I didn't fit in with the jocks. Yeah. I didn't fit in with the burnouts. I didn't yeah. fit in with the nerds. So really, you know, my friends were from the hockey team. Yeah. Um, so I didn't really have that core group. Yeah. And then graduating with a large class of 452. I mean, right. I still, I could flip through, you know, my high school yearbook and I could still find people I graduated with that I swore I've never seen in my life. Oh, before. I'm sure. Yeah. You know, easy. Um, 
So yeah. it's being at a big school, you know, and then not really socializing with people mm-hmm. from that school. Right. Um, you know, I'll cross paths or, you know, your your Facebook friends with people. Sure. Yeah. Um, but really, you know, staying in touch, hanging out. Yeah. Very few. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Most of my good friends are are from then later on in my adult years with uh-huh. the company that I worked for. And mm-hmm. then, you know, that's where I would say my, my best friends are from now. Okay, cool. Yeah. Have you played any adult adult hockey? <laughs> What's the right? <laughs> was, uh, well, yeah, I guess it is. Grown up, uh, grown up league. Uh, you know, it's funny. Hockey? Last week when we were at the, the Levitt and they always make the announcement, yep. adult beverages are over here. Yeah. Non-alcoholic beverage over here. So it's like, I said, well, what if an adult, just wants a diet coke. Does right, yeah. Doesn't that make diet nope. coke? An you adult? have to get rum. Right. You yeah. have to, you have to get rum. You're an adult. <laughs> um, yeah. So I I played hockey in high school. I played a year of junior hockey after high school, and then I continued intermittently to play rec hockey. There you go. Recreation. Um, yep. Or then yeah, you know, adult hockey. Yeah. And played pretty um, consistently up until a couple of years ago when okay. I got hurt. Yeah. I just had a, a guy get into me and it really hurt my leg. 98% bad. Yeah. And it was really close to being really, really bad. Okay. And that just scared me so much. One, that, you know, my livelihood could be affected, sure. how I provide for my family could be affected. Yeah. Uh, but it also just really my own mortality that, you know, when you when you're young, you you're like, inv- no, you're just like invincible. You can't get hurt. And if you get hurt, it's not a really big deal. Right. As you get older, all of a sudden I was like, you know, I'm not not a young kid anymore. And it really, as much as I miss the sport and I miss hanging out and playing and right. uh, seeing other people enjoy it, uh, it just, I got scared straight. It uh-huh. scared me enough um, that I, I haven't, you know, laced up the skates since right. that day. And even at that moment when it happened, I remember going down and I just said, I'm done. I'm yeah. done. That's it. And I think people thought I meant like I'm done for, for the, the game, day. but in my head I was like, you know, I'm done. Uh-huh. And you know, maybe at some point I would strap on the skates again. Sure. Uh, I don't know. In a, um, in a probably in more of a, like a casual. Yeah. You know, and, and that's I, I do. I miss the game, but the reality of it is, at my age, there's always a couple of these twenty some kids who think they're still trying out for the NHL. I just want to have fun, mm-hmm. and uh, I was probably I was, I was a captain of my team one year, and uh, I normally would play defense. Okay. Uh, and I was so bad at defense because I didn't really care if people went by me. I just let them go by <laughs> me. I would tell them, go to left, go there. I just let them go by me so they could shoot on the goalie because the goalie wants to have fun too. That's right, yeah. And it's I was a captain practice. of my own team in the playoffs and my own team said, Tori, you can't play defense because yeah. <laughs> they were sick of me not trying on defense. Yeah. I'm like, you know, it's... We're going to lose because right. of you. It, to me, at that point, it's a social sport. You know, it's it's like softball. It's a hitter's game. It's like bowling. It's recreation. Yeah. It's, and so I was like, I, I'm not going to take the puck away from, you know, most people. Just let them go shoot on the goalie so everyone has fun. I'm going to assume this is one way you are very different than Heather. Isn't she, like, she's competitive still, to yeah. the max? Yeah, she is still ultra competitive yeah. to the max. And, yeah, there's been some, some friction with sports we've been together on where – I'm more a recreational person. I'd be like you. Um, yeah. I, I can play some sports competitively. And don't get me wrong. I think yeah. there's a time and a place for everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, do, I definitely do not have the win at all cost mentality anymore mm-hmm. as much as a, you know, participate and have fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, at our age, like if you're not having fun, 
You know, if you start to think the other team is bad and evil and you see them as the enemy and the yeah. opponents as opposed to, hey, we're all just, you know, just trying to have fun, get a little exercise. Mm-hmm. Right. She's pretty, she's still very competitive. If she was on your hockey team, she would have been the first person to tell you. Yeah, you she are absolutely not, would have. You are not going to play back yeah. at all. Yeah. She absolutely would have. <laughs> uh, she would be... Um, yeah, I'm not sure if she could play rec hockey because she would want to keep hitting people yeah. and be like, how come we can't do that? No, oh, I love it. Yeah. We're fine, man. This is good. 